Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today at Off the Bench with Heidi St. John. Today is Wednesday, March 17th, and today I'm going to air part two of my interview with my friend Ginger Hubbard. We're talking about how to shepherd teens through a season of rebellion. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. thanks for tuning in today, you guys. As always, we are so grateful for your financial support of this podcast. I want to give a quick donor shout out to Philip from McGregor, Texas. Philip sent a note to us and we were so encouraged. He said that we are in our 70s and are not homeschooling, but thank you for your ministry. We live outside of Waco, Texas. And you know what, Philip? I am coming to Waco, Texas. So coming out and meet Jay and I, we would love to meet you guys and just hug your neck and say thank you for supporting the podcast. You guys Every single one of you, your financial support, your prayers are what are allowing us to really move in the direction that God is asking us to go. That includes the run for Congress. If you haven't supported that run yet, we are trying to raise money. Uh, It costs a lot of money to run for Congress. And if you guys can help us, we would be so blessed. You can find out more information at Heidi St. John for Congress. All right, without further ado, I'm going to pick up my interview. You guys, this is a heavy hitting conversation that we're having today because rebellion always results in sin. And we sin against our parents and we can sin against the Lord. But ultimately, the Bible says that living in sin leads to death. And Ginger has a powerful testimony of how her parents' willingness to say the hard things and walk in truth and love with her changed the direction of her life. You guys are going to be so encouraged. So now we're going to air part two of my interview with my friend, Ginger Hubbard, in progress. And I think it's so important because as parents, I mean, you 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 totally hit the nail on the head. We want relationship with our children, right? We love our kids. And I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to over the years who have sat in my office or I've met at conferences or wherever, and they're just sobbing because they've got a child who's rebelling. And the thing they want to do is just take, scoop them up in their arms and say, it's all right, never mind. Let's stop arguing. Let's just stop arguing. And a lot of these parents are sacrificing truth on the altar of relationship. And when we do that, it never works, right? Because ultimately the relationship's not grounded anymore in truth. And your parents did the hard thing in wanting to model Jesus for you. And I think a lot of parents listening to this right now, they're at that crossroad and they're at that place right now and their hearts are breaking. And you're saying that your parents' willingness to walk with the Lord, actually, this was the Lord that did it, right? Because God's using your parents and the pain and I'm sure the heartache that your parents were going through and God's using them And he's bringing you around. And so at what point did you actually surrender your life to Jesus? Well, I had been gone for about three months, maybe a little bit more than three months. And it was actually after midnight and my parents were just emotionally exhausted. I mean, they were just beyond discouraged because they really thought that by now I would have come around to to the point that they were really just about to break down on this particular night and call Mm. me and tell me that I could just come home and, and just live however I wanted to live. They just wanted me back home. But instead they did what they always did. And they got down on their knees in the living room and they cried out to God and they prayed about this new verse that they had found in the Bible. And that verse was first Corinthians 10, 13, that talks about God being faithful when we're tempted. Um, you know, that verse says, I will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And as brand new Christians in their pain, they were hurting so badly and they were just 
just honest with God about that verse. And they said, you know, I mean, you say this, but it just seems like it's really more than we can bear. But at the same time, they told him that they wanted to trust him and that they wanted to follow his lead. And they said that as they prayed for God's strength on this particular night, that this total peace washed over them. And they said it was at that very moment that I came charging through the front door, a broken person who needed hope and healing, a person who two weeks earlier had walked into an abortion clinic and bought into one of the biggest lies of all time. And I remember very well that night I went home and how God softened my heart. And I, like I said, I was actually already asleep and it, I wasn't even considering going back home. It, it really wasn't even on my radar. And I just all of a sudden woke up feeling so depressed and so empty and so hopeless. And Heidi, I absolutely hated myself. And I was miserable with guilt over the choices that I had made, especially the abortion. And let me just say that at the time, I really didn't understand why it was wrong because I didn't grow up in church. I didn't know anything about the sanctity of life or God stitching us together in our mother's womb. And so I didn't understand why it was wrong. And the counselors at the clinic, they had assured me that it wasn't wrong at all, that it was the right choice and that it actually wasn't a baby at all. They said that it was just a blob of tissue. Um, yeah, but as soon as I left that clinic that day, I knew in my heart that that wasn't true. And I knew that I had just made the worst and the most selfish decision that I could ever make. And I knew that I was going to regret it for the rest of my life. It did not bring relief like they told me it would at the clinic. In fact, it brought on the opposite of what they promised. It brought on just a suffocating and consuming bondage of guilt and shame. And so uh, back to the night that God softened my heart. Um, I woke up and I started thinking about my parents and about the peace and the joy that they had found in Jesus. And it hit me that that was a peace and a joy that I wanted. And so I woke up that night and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I thought, why am I running from this? The Lord has brought so much joy and peace to my parents. What, what am I running from? And so, you know, like I said, it was after midnight, but I called my boyfriend and he gave me a ride home because I still didn't have my car. <laughs> and his, his, of course, his mom answered the phone. We didn't have cell phones back then. And his mom answered the phone. And even though it was after midnight, she was thrilled to wake him up and to let him come get me and take me home because she was one of the many Christians who had been praying for me to go back home and to come to know the Lord. And so when I, I got back home, I walked in by now, it's probably one o'clock in the morning. And I walked into the living room where, you know, my parents, like I said, they had just been crying out to God. And I, I remember what I said. I said, you know what? I'll follow your rules and I'll do whatever you say, because I want what you've got. And I told him, I said, I, I want to know Jesus, but I just don't know how. And words cannot express how freeing it was that night as I prayed with my parents and surrendered my life to Jesus. It felt good because what I had been experiencing wasn't freedom. It was bondage and it was miserable. Wow. Well, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm just sitting here in tears just listening to you because I know that there are moms listening to this right now. They've either walked the road of abortion themselves or their daughters have walked it. And it's so painful. And I think the reality of it and 
telling the truth and being honest about it. And then following it up and saying, you know what? The freedom comes in Jesus. The healing comes in Jesus. And thank God that your parents didn't do what Satan would have wanted them to do, which would have been to give up and Mm -hmm. say, you know what? This is too hard. It's taking too long. We love her too much. Mm -hmm. And we rather just have her home. God used them and they were instrumental in your life and their willingness to just love you and walk in truth really is what God used to get a hold of you. Because it sounds to me like your parents never lashed out in anger at you. They just did what God had asked them to do. And that's powerful. Yep. Yep. I'm very thankful for my parents. And they just, I mean, they were such new Christians, but they just prayed and they just asked God for wisdom. And then they followed that wisdom and they had the, they were in a a big church and they had the entire church praying for me. (laughs) So so there's power in prayer too. There is. And I, I'm just so, I'm so encouraged. There's so many people that are struggling right now. I mean, we're struggling because of COVID. We're struggling because the, you know, the, the narrative of the culture is so upside down right now. And hearing you talk about this reminds me of Ephesians 2, 4, the Bible says, but God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And that's your story, right? Just filled with the grace and mercy of God. It's such an encouragement. Once your eyes were open to receive Christ, what happened after that? I'm imagining there was a change in your life. A shift had happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was, it was about as powerful as it was with my parents, because um, the more I began to read my Bible, the hungrier I became to know Jesus more. And the more I knew him, the more I loved him and the more I wanted to serve him and the more I wanted to tell other people about him. And so I really, really just immediately had this passion to shine his light into the lives of others the same way that he had used my parents to shine his light into my life. And I knew um, that I needed some encouragement from other Christians. I needed some Christian friends to help me do that. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in their habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And so it was over a weekend that I came home, you know, in the middle of the night and surrendered my life to Jesus. And I knew Heidi that come Monday morning at school, I would have a choice. I could either act as if nothing happened and jump right back in with all of my friends, all of whom I loved so much, and go back to my old lifestyle, or I could take a stand for Jesus and risk my friends Mm. not understanding and turning away from me. And Heidi, you know how important friends are at that age. You know, my friends had been my life for many years, and I was really afraid of how they were going to respond to my new commitment to God. But at the same time, I cared too much about them to let my fear keep me from telling them and living out the good news of Jesus. I wanted them to know that joy and that peace and that freedom that I had found. And so I chose to take a stand and I will never forget. That's another moment in my life that I will never forget. It it was in the Auburn High School cafeteria and I was late getting to the lunchroom And I had just gotten my tray of food and I looked over in the lunchroom to where all of my friends were sitting and I saw that they were all, you know, cutting up and laughing. And I knew they're probably talking about all the unwholesome things that went on on over the weekend and probably making plans for all the unwholesome things that would go on the next weekend because that's what we did. Right. And there in the middle of them was one empty seat. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And Heidi, that was my seat. That was where I always sat and that was where I was comfortable. And standing there, I looked over across the cafeteria and I saw what I had always referred to as the Jesus freak table or the holy roller table. Uh-oh. I had all kinds of names for them. Uh-oh. And, and of course, this is where all the Christians sat. And this is the group, I mean, seriously, that I had openly ridiculed and made fun of for years. And they always sat together and everybody knew that they were Christians because they always held hands and prayed before they ate. Mm. And there in the middle of that group, was one empty seat. Oh boy. And I knew what God wanted me to do, but I cannot even begin to describe to you the battle that went on in my heart that day as I stood in the middle of that cafeteria, holding my tray of food and trying to decide pretty much which path to take. It was such a pivotal moment in my life. And I just stood there thinking, I mean, do I take the path back to my old life where I'm comfortable with all of my friends that I love so very much? Or do I take the path of God and take a stand for him? Mm. And I remember, I mean, I remember it like it was yesterday. My entire body was shaking. I it, bet. Was, it was, it was, it was so hard and I was crying. And, uh, but I finally, I walked over to that table where those Christians sat and I took my place in that empty seat. Mm. And, you know, I didn't know any of their names, but I felt certain they knew mine (laughs) to say. (laughs) How did they receive you? Well, you know, to say that they look shocked Mm -hmm. would be an understatement, (laughs) but, but I was so upset. I mean, I'm just bawling. I mean, my shoulders are shaking everything. I'm just Mm. bawling. I couldn't even eat. And we just sat there in this uncomfortable silence for what seemed like an eternity, very awkward. And then finally, one of them spoke up and he said, Ginger, can I? can I ask you why you decided to come and sit with us today? And you could have heard a pin drop. They actually looked a little bit afraid of what I might say. (laughs) (laughs) And I just explained to them that I wanted to know Jesus better and that I needed to be around people that could show me how to do that. And right there at that table in that Auburn High School cafeteria, they all took turns praying for me that I would find strength in my new relationship with Jesus. You know, but this isn't to say, Heidi, that, and you know this, that we, it's not to say that we should have nothing to do with non-Christian friends, because whether we're 18 or 80, we can't lead them to Christ if we shut them out of our lives. That's right. But at the same time, we shouldn't blend in with our lifestyles either. We need to draw strength from Christ-centered friendships, ones where we spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And then we can let the overflow of that encouragement pour out into the lives of our friends who are lost. If we want Christ to rescue them from darkness, then we need to shine his light into their worlds. But we can only do that by being different. By being set apart, by making the decision to live a life surrendered to Jesus. Mm, Which is a huge mistake that the church is making today. We're trying to be like the world Mm -hmm. instead of be like Jesus and Mm -hmm. and it's hurting us. As you look back at how your parents responded to your rebellion, what are you the most thankful for as far as the way that they handled it? 
Mm. I am so thankful that my parents kept talking to me about Jesus and the difference that he was making in their lives during my rebellion. You know, even though I didn't want to hear it, they just kept telling me about the scriptures that God was speaking to them through and the freedom and the joy that they had found in Jesus and and how it was just so much better than the shallow and fleeting satisfactions that they used to indulge in of the world. And even though I didn't believe as they did, they just remained faithful in sharing their daily testimony about who Jesus is and what he was doing in their lives and what he's done for all of us. And Jesus used their testimonies to draw me to himself. And, you know, I think as parents with rebellious teenagers, that's really key because teens can argue when we try and force our own convictions on them. But they can't argue with our personal testimonies about who Jesus is to us and the difference he's making in our lives. And so my parents didn't back up, let up, or shut up <laughs> about their love for Jesus <laughs> and about what he meant to them personally. And because of that, I came to know him personally. Wow. That's amazing. And I think for the parents who are listening to this right now, what you've just said is, hey, hang in there. You do what God's asked you to do. And God's going to do the rest. Your parents maintained their faith. They established firm but loving boundaries. They prayed without ceasing, which prayer is a labor. Our, our flesh always is like, no, do something, do something. And the, and the something needs to start with prayer. It's a beautiful example that your parents are setting really for you and then for all of us. Thank you for sharing. I know one of the ways that you're encouraging parents right now is through your new podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Woo, woo, proud of you, yep. girl. Tell my listeners really quickly about what they can expect if they subscribe to your podcast. Okay. Yeah, sure. The Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast, it's a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behaviors, address the issues of the heart, and point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And from a practical standpoint, we really love helping parents move forward past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues of disobedience and defiance and into a confident and biblical and very well-balanced approach to raising their children. And so they can get information about my podcast at gingerhubbard.com. And we also post a lot about the new episodes on my Instagram, ginger.hubbard. Really quickly, I want to just, I, I get letters here literally every day. Lots and lots of them from parents who are struggling with homeschooling. It's uh, it's all different kinds of things. But one of the things I'm hearing more recently is that parents are grappling with fear. And we're seeing fear in their children, fear in their little ones. You know, I, we could argue, and you and I have talked about this before, that what's happening in the culture right now is that we have given into the spirit of fear, which God said isn't from him, right? This is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, Timothy, but power, love and a sound mind. And I think that one of the prevailing themes of my life in teaching parents has been to say, you can't pass on what you don't possess. And as parents, we need to grapple with that fear too, before we can really train and teach our children that they don't have to live in fear. What, what kind of encouragement can you offer today to parents who are just struggling to kind of find their equilibrium after, mm. what are we on now? 12 months of two weeks to flatten the curve. Talk to those parents who are wrestling right now. Yeah, that is such a hard situation to be in because you just hear so many different opinions. But the bottom line is, Heidi, you're right. We, God has not given us a spirit of fear and we don't need to live in fear. And so I think it's super important that we're talking to our kids about what God's word says, not what, not what all of these opinions around us 
or saying, but what the word of God says about not fearing and trusting him and knowing that he has us and he has numbered our days. And he knows, he knew when they were stitched together in, in the, in their mom's womb, everything that they would go through. And these kids right now, it, it can seem so scary, the things that are going on. And so really encourage parents to teach their children to pray about that fear, that they would not live in a spirit of fear and for parents to set that example that they don't either. And you know, and just to, and to read the verses, God's word, that is the most powerful teaching tool that we have. So read God's word to your kids about obeying the Lord and not living in fear and crying out to him. If, if fear does start to creep up in us, because fear that creeps up in us, that is from the enemy. That is not from God. The world would love to watch us just to live in fear. And, and that's what they're promoting. Yeah, it is. And I love, one of the things I love about you, and I know this is true of your podcast as well, is that you're not in, you're not there to just tell people, here's what I would do. You're pointing people continually back to the Word of God. The Bible says that God's Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. There's nothing that's happening in the culture right now that the Bible doesn't address. Mm -hmm. And parents can trust it. And so when we teach our children to trust it, and we teach our children, this is the compass. This is what helps us get our bearings in a world that's upside down, in a world that's full of fear. We can look to the Word. And actually, that's the Holy Spirit inside of you when you were choosing your friends. You know, the Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. And it's important for us to teach those values to our children. And you have done such a beautiful job of doing that. I'm excited to see what God does with your podcast as it grows. I know that it will. Is there anything you want to highlight real quick before I take us out? Yeah, let me let me just offer one final word of encouragement to parents with rebellious teens or even parents with young children who have either not yet accepted Christ or are just still really young in their faith. I encourage you to speak up about who Jesus is to you and what he's done in your life and pray that he would use your passion and your love for Jesus to win their hearts. So, you know, talk about Jesus and the life-giving truths of his word as you sit at home and as you walk along the road. Road, as you lie down and as you get up, as the scriptures tell us to do. And remember that no matter where you're starting, whether it's with a rebellious teen or a young and impressionable child, God's word does not return void, which means his word will accomplish what he set it out to do. Hmm. It's powerful stuff. Ginger Hubbard, my friend, thank you so much for coming back on the show. Thank you, Heidi. I'll see you in a few days. I'm looking forward to it. For more information about Ginger Hubbard and the Ginger Hubbard podcast, you can visit her online at gingerhubbard.com. I will link back to this in the show notes today. And if you want to meet the two of us in person, as we have just told you, we will be in Nashville this weekend for the Teach Them Diligently conference. And then for those of you who are looking forward to me being with Ken Ham at Answers for Women, that is happening this Saturday, March 20th. You can find out more information at HeidiStJohn.com forward slash events. We love you guys. Thank you so much for leaving reviews for the podcast over at iTunes and for my books, wherever books are sold. Your reviews help get the podcast and Ginger's. I will put a plug in for her too. Anytime you get an opportunity to leave reviews for the shows and books that encourage you, it really does help us to get a message out to encourage other people. And we want to just strengthen you for the journey. You guys, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. Thanks for listening today, everybody. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the Intercept section of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.